it's been really cool to be honest with you because people get to see us in our real environment you know um, people don't get to see coach Gruden telling telling some of our rookies how much he loves them they just see the clips of him you know yelling at people and stuff like that right they don't get to see me jumping people they don't get to see me competing and tugging trash and stuff like that so what I think it does, it just it opens up the world to, to show us who we really are. Vegas Nation, presented by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. What's up, everybody? It's time for another edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang here with Michael Gelkin and Ed Graney. We are all down in Napa for the Raiders training camp. It's a Sunday night here in Napa, and we're all down at this uh, Mexican place. I hope you can hear the music. It's very authentic. Good food. I had a beautiful fish taco. Perfect. How are you guys doing? How was uh, your entree this evening, Michael? It was good. It was good. Thank you for that introduction. Um, my entree was lovely. It's of all the places that we could have gone in Napa. I'm, I'm glad we chose Frida's Mexican Grill with the mariachi band playing the speakers overhead. It's it's wonderful. What else could you ask for? Ed, how are you doing? White Zinfandel, Ed. Well, um, I, I'm surprised there's actually wine on the uh, menu here in Napa, uh, but I would like uh, maybe a, a glass of the Mario Andretti Merlot uh, oh. here at Frida's. Um, I'm a little worried, though, that we didn't try the $3 IPA, but that was probably a good decision. <laughs> but you're not into craft beer? Is that what that is? Craft beer? <laughs> I'm into craft beers, not the $3 kind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's talk some football. And again, you can find the Vegas Nation podcast on the Vegas Nation app, VegasNation.com, or ReviewJournal.com slash podcast. Please let us know what you think. And uh, we always appreciate the feedback. Any comments you have, you can find us all on Twitter at Ed Greeny. I'm at Heidi Fang and at Gelkin NFL. Um, and we are brought to you by STN Sports Mobile Stations Casino. So today we were at the second day of training camp. It is a Sunday. And the non-football injury list, we found out right in the beginning, Antonio Brown is off of that list. He was placed on it for the first day. He's now off of it. So this is good news, right, Michael? Yeah, not a surprise necessarily because we've heard throughout this period where he was on NFI that it was a minor injury, undisclosed, but minor. And so... I didn't know exactly when he'd be activated. I know Ed and I, we spoke about that on Saturday, and I probably thought it was going to be another few more days. But he at least was active enough to be participating in a walkthrough. He you know, riled up the crowd, about 1,200 season ticket holders there at the middle school field at Redwood Middle School. And, you know, he looked like himself. Now, obviously, the Raiders are going to be smart with him. So when it came to actual practice on Sunday, he didn't go through stretch. He didn't do individual drills. He didn't do anything. He really just hung out with his uh, family, including his, his boys who were there. So, um, yeah, a pretty, you know, easing it in type of a start for Antonio Brown here at training camp. But it's more time, more opportunity, more reps for Derek Carr to work in all these other new wide receivers who he has. J.J. Nelson was very active. I mean, he is who he thought he was. A, 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 Oh, sorry. Keep the strong because the check's coming here. Frida's Mexican and uh, uh, Cantina here in Napa. We could drop the card, though. I put the card on the check. That but way, more, she more needs reps. It. More reps for Tyrell Williams. Go ahead, Ed. Find it more out of my purse. This is... More reps for Hunter Renfro. 
Uh, you know, these guys are all players who can use the time with Derek Carr. So uh, it, it's it's going to happen in terms of Antonio Brown getting on the field soon. Uh, but in the interim, uh, Raiders aren't too concerned about it. Yeah, his sons had a nice little walkthrough today. I saw uh, on a Facebook feed posted by Antonio Brown that uh, his sons, I believe Otto, Ali, and Apollo were all doing drills. And I think Ali is the oldest one, and he seemed to have some really sharp footwork. I don't know if you guys saw that. But <laughs> I think one of Derek Carr's sons threw one of Antonio Brown's son. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pass. So that was car to brown connection here yeah. pretty, yeah. pretty fun that was good you're definitely gonna see that in hard knocks the kids yeah. the, the, the cameras nfl films they're all over the car and brown children it's i mean they're adorable so i, I get it but you'll probably see some of that in hard knocks and we've had a good share of comments from Derek Carr, from Mike Mayock, all speaking about hard knocks. And, you know, Mike Mayock's take was, hey, we didn't look for this. We didn't really want this, you know, but it's OK. We're dealing with it. And Derek Carr's like, hey, we're going to show the world the different side of the Raiders. Everybody's going to get to know what we're like behind the scenes. And uh, when it comes down to it, how much of a presence have you seen from hard knocks? And most importantly, do you think this is a distraction for the team? Mike and I talked about this today on the field. Um, you know they're there because of the shirts. They're all their hard knock shirts. And you know they're there because they're in the middle of the field with boom mics and cameras, and that's not usually allowed during practice. Um, but it doesn't seem like a distraction. I think when these guys are on the field, it's just football and they're practicing now off the field the things we haven't been able to see yet, and we will see on the show at Derek Carr's house, within the you know the meeting rooms, within the hotel rooms, everything we don't see, I'm sure there might be more of a distraction. But I think the football part of it is not a distraction at all. Um, I don't know what you think, but I just, you know, other than there being more cameras around it doesn't seem like much of a distraction i would agree I, I i agree but i also acknowledge the fact that there's a reason why teams don't volunteer for this sort of thing why the browns after having done it didn't volunteer to do it again when the rams after having done it didn't volunteer to do it again and why the Raiders probably won't volunteer to do it in 2020 is coaches don't like having them around no. they feel like it puts more information out there into the public that they don't want and so from that standpoint it's i would say it's a it's a bit of a distraction just because now as a head coach you're conscious of that sort of thing you have to look over an episode before it airs with your pr department and it's time that you're spending that otherwise you wouldn't be so i think that's to some degree a distraction but it's all based on how you handle it it could be even more of one if you let it to be i'm telling you what if i were the coaches or gms of any team i would agree to drink 30 straight gallons of the andretti chardonnay here frida's <laughs> than i would ever allowing hard knocks near my football team and michael's right football people especially coaches are the most paranoid lunatics in the entire world the last thing someone like gruden wants is extra cameras and people around his meetings they're insane saying these people they want nothing to do with this nonsense so i could and i'm glad mike mayock said that and I, you and i talked about this we all talked about this before uh, we started this wonderful podcast i want hard knocks to play that mike mayock clip where he says we did not invite this in um what i'd like to tell you is that i grew up in the nfl films building basically i spent weeks months years in that building steve sable was not only a mentor but a friend to me uh, so I have the utmost respect for, I know half the camera people just from, from New South, Southern New Jersey and Marlton. And uh, bottom line for me, John and I are kind of old school. And the reason you go away to training camp is to get away from all the distractions 
get together, bond, learn your assignments, no distractions, no intrusions. Hard knocks is an intrusion. But it was handed to us, so it's up to us to deal with it. And I think we're really dealing with it in a professional way. Uh, Tim Rump from, from NFL Films, their director, has done a great job. We've been in constant communication every single day. I think we've come up with a plan where they feel like they can get what they need, and we feel like uh, we can get done what we need. And uh, so far, it's been great. Michael, uh, Mike Mayock, Michael Gelkin, Review Journal. <laughs> what do you think about having hard knocks here at the uh, Napa facility? That wasn't even my question. Oh. <laughs> it is now. Hard knocks is the big thing for the Raiders. It will be featured starting August 6th, and we will be doing weekly podcasts, wrapping up every episode as it has happened and aired, and we're going to talk about it, give you an instant reaction. And we're also going to start asking your opinion a whole lot more on social media to see about what you you know thought about the episode and your reactions as well. SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. Okay, we talked about Antonio Brown coming off the non-football injury list, but there's a few others, uh, some notable players who have had injuries, um, one of them being a fullback. Rudin's a big fullback guy. Uh, Key Smith. Fullbacks. Yeah, he does. Um, Key Smith is injured. Then you have Denzel Good, left guard. That's a big question mark right now with Richie Incognito. They did sign Jonathan Cooper, um, so we'll get into that. Ronald Ali also walked off the field, and Eddie Vanderdose, just as of today on Sunday, we saw him also leave practice. So, Michael, how substantial are these injuries with the team? And also, oh, here's one more thing today. We had uh, Chris Warren was waived, and they brought in James Butler, so that's something we're going to have to get into as well. But first, the injuries. Okay, injuries. Um, Keith Smith, he underwent surgery on his knee due to a meniscus issue. He's going to miss a few weeks. Uh, could very well be out for the entirety of training camp. Might see him still this preseason, but he's going to be a little while away. Not anything that would threaten his season necessarily. That being said, Alec Ingold, a fullback undrafted rookie out of Wisconsin whom the Raiders coached at the Senior Bowl and liked enough to sign him as an undrafted free agent. He is here, and he has an opportunity with a salary that's about a million dollars cheaper than Keith Smith to show that he can be this team's fullback on the 53-man roster. So big chance for Alec Ingold, and we'll see whether or not he can capitalize on it. Uh, the left guard that you mentioned, Denzel Good underwent lower back surgery. It was a disc issue. It happened in May. I want to say it was on May 21st, whatever that day was, when uh, the Raiders were holding their very first OTA practice. It was the 21st. Okay, the 21st. And he was just going up in position drills, I believe, or maybe, I don't know if it was 11-11, uh, whatever it was. And it just, yeah, he just, he just got a pretty severe lower back injury. And so uh, the Raiders signed Richie Incognito about a week later. Um, so now Good's out for probably another couple of months. Very well could be missing the start of the season in that case. So that is the situation there. And as you mentioned, Jonathan Cooper is someone the Raiders signed on July 15th. He wasn't here in the spring, obviously. And with Incognito being 
out weeks one and two due to the suspension for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. The Raiders need to prepare Cooper to start weeks one and two, but also while they have Incognito, prepare him for the possibility and it seems likelihood of being their man week three and beyond. So we have Incognito getting those first team reps at left guard, but about another week and a half or so, Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator, said on Sunday, look for Incognito to step back you know, a, a bit as Cooper takes more of first team action because you want Colton Miller and Rodney Hudson to have a good feel for what it's like to have Cooper playing there between them. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, Ollie happened as of uh, Saturday, Ollie. and then Eddie Vanderdose on Sunday. Yeah, I don't do not know the nature of Ronald Ollie's injury. Uh, the undrafted free agent who is going to be a definite storyline on Hard Knocks. He left the field, and Hard Knocks camera crew was close behind him. Uh, but he he's you know got some sort of issue. Do not know the extent of it. He was still around the facility on Sunday, but uh, unclear when he will be rejoining teammates on the field. Eddie Vanderdose exited with what I'm told is a concussion. It happened during a one-on-one drill. And, and yes, pads aren't on yet, but these guys are still football players who go hard and sometimes freak things happen. And that's what happened with Eddie Vanderdose, which is a shame because he, as a 2017 third-round pick, it's been a while since we've really seen him on the field. He underwent uh, reconstructive knee surgery in early 2018 following a torn ACL that he suffered in the very final game, fourth quarter of the very final game of his rookie season. And so this was his chance to really get things going, to build some momentum, to push to be even on the 53-man roster because that's not a guarantee for him at this stage. And on the second day of camp, He's in great shape physically. He's putting a lot of work. He was training in Hawaii and all this, but he suffers a concussion, and now we'll see. We probably won't see him on Monday when pads come on. Which is something I'm really looking forward to. As you know, we keep talking about it, and we are going to have another podcast once we get the uh, pads on and watch what happens and unfolds. There's got to be some kind of skirmish. That always does happen. But something that I wanted to commend you for, Michael, was during the media scrums on Saturday, you actually spoke to Richie Incognito about mental health and um, how he's gone through the struggles that he has and where he's at now. And you even you kind of set it up for him saying that, hey, you know, maybe I don't know if you're comfortable talking about this in this setting but where do you see his mental health right now with the kind of I guess the way he appro- approached that question the way he answered it and how open he's being about it yeah well, mental health is you look at the Raiders schedule you know week one they faced the Broncos you know week two they had the Chiefs and then you got you on the list and Richie Incognito's opponent calendar every single day is mental health every single day that's his opponent and every single day he has to face it head on and that's something that he hasn't always done he hasn't always risen up in the morning and faced that challenge he said you know acknowledging that there's a level of pride that as an nfl player as a man whatever it is as a person people tend to feel when it comes to truly confronting you want to call them ghosts or demons whatever it may be just what's actually going on in their life as it relates to mental health and so uh, he's in control now and he needs to do everything he can to stay in control. But the Raiders are giving him all the resources he needs, he says, and they say, so that he can be successful off the field and have a chance at his age here in the mid-30s to show that he can still be successful on it. So that's where he stands. And, yeah, he said that he's not entirely comfortable yet being that public you know, spokesman as it relates to mental health. And he and I talked a little bit after the news conference, just a little bit about that more. And I think he just wants to make sure he's – 
not necessarily quote unquote past this because you never really are, but he really wants to do more of getting it, you know, feeling like it's in control before he goes about speaking pu- on it publicly. Ed, you wrote a column on this. What is your take on Incognito and, and where do you think he's at? I think he said all the right things. I think he wanted to say it in a certain way and wanted to come off as a guy who um, is, you know, finally kind of admitting there are some issues there. And uh, he talked about the league having more of an insight and more doing more for people with mental health and concussions and traumatic brain injury. But, you know, look, I mean, given his past and everything we know about him and the headlines, it's a it's, you know, it's day to day, week to week, second to second, whatever you want to say. You just have to wait and see and hope for the best. I mean, I think kind of his track record suggests that he's certainly can't say there won't be another incident. You hope there isn't, but I think the Raiders, um, you know, there's risk with this. Uh, they said they put a clinician on site to help him. I know Mayock's had a lot of uh, discussions with him non-football-wise, and she brought him in to talk to see how he's doing. And I think literally when you sign Rich Incognito, you cross your fingers and hope nothing happens. I mean, you hope the, if it, you know, what's a cliche if a phone rings after a certain time at night, it's not good news. You kind of hope that doesn't happen and Mayock's phone isn't ringing because something else happened with him. So I thought he came off very well in the interview. Um, you knew he was going to talk one time. He had to do it one time and then he doesn't have to do it again. Yeah, I mean, he had to address it one time. He did. Um, but, you know, again, there's too much has happened to think that it might be something that will never happen again with issues. So you hope it doesn't because you want him to be mentally he- healthy. You don't want any, anyone to struggle with those problems. I know people personally who struggle with mental health. It's a, it's a really hard, hard, difficult thing to struggle with. So you hope for the best for him. But, um, you know, I think it's more like you just the Raiders, he can still play. And the only reason you sign Richie Incognito is you have a need at his spot and, you know, and you think he can still play. There's no other reason to sign him with his background. Um, so you hope he plays well when he comes back and that there's no issues. We shall see what happens. Again, there is that battle. We briefly touched on Jonathan Cooper signing. Today uh, at Sunday's media scrums, we were able to speak with Trent Brown and also Colton Miller. Uh, Michael, I know that you were writing about Colton Miller and how he's kind of, uh, I guess, building off of last year. Lots of injuries. Had, you know, he had sustained a lot of injuries last year, but this year he's looking to come back uh, bigger, stronger. He's even talked about the weight he's put on. Um, this offensive line, as it looks right now, if we're going into week one, how do you think everybody is going to fall into place and the, the shaping the shaping up of the line, I guess you could say, with what they've done in the offseason moves? In regard to who plays where on the line? Well, no, just what you think overall that the line, uh, how big of a force are they going to be? Like we heard um, Doug Martin today say that he sees a lot of big bodies in front of him, yeah. especially with Trent Brown. How much improved is this line? I think... Some of the greatest improvements aren't necessarily the guys they brought in. Which I mean by that is, yes, Trent Brown is, is an obvious upgrade over Brandon Parker. And, and, you know, to the tune of $36.25 million guaranteed, the Raiders believe that he's an upgrade over Brandon Parker. You know, but when I look at right guard, I see a healthy Gabe Jackson. That is huge for this offensive line. When I see a healthy Colton Miller, who is stronger, who is more confident, who is more comfortable. That is huge for this offensive line. Uh, you know, there are a number of aspects in terms of what it takes for an offensive line to come together to gel and do all those things. And they're going to have a lot of opportunity in training camp uh, this week. And then next week when the Rams come in for two joint practices, I think the competition is going to obviously ramp up then. And so uh, there's a lot of opportunity for this offensive line to get into a rhythm. But... To me, 
I, I could talk about Trent Brown and, and you know his behemoth size and how Gal <laughs> yeah, he has got great feet and just um, you know someone who wants to be great, someone who's not resting on his paycheck. I've seen that in this league. Guys get paid, and I mean less, far less than what he just got paid, and would just step away from the table. They're done. This guy is going in June to Vaughn Miller's Pass Rush Summit in Las Vegas, where he is picking the brains of some pass rushers, including a few in the AFC West, like Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, Melvin Ingram, and giving them some of his know-how as it relates just to being a protect, you know, a protector and what he is thinking when he does certain things. Um, you know, you don't do that unless you want to improve unless you get great and he's doing that a few months removed from a huge contract a few months from a super bowl i think this is a lot about him so i can talk about that but i think gabe jackson colton miller you know ronnie hudson you don't talk about him because he's just so darn steady um it's it's pretty if those three guys can be who they are you know rodney being who he is usually and gabe being who he can be when he's healthy and, and colton taking his game to the next level, I think this line can be pretty stout. Ed, what did you get out of Trent Brown today when he spoke? I know you wrote about him also. That will be available in the paper on uh, Monday. So pick up that paper. Yeah, I got out of that he's very rich. Um, he has a lot of money. Uh, no, I mean, you know, he's got a ring. And I think uh, if you're in the Raiders and you're a teammate of him and you don't have a ring, there's a lot of those guys on this team. Um, uh, you're a sponge and you ask him what it's like. I thought it was great when they asked him, you know, to compare. I thought it was unfair to when someone asked about comparing Brady to Carr. You don't compare to Brady to anyone. And he made it clear that Brady's the, the greatest. And But Derek Carr, if he remains upright, can make plays. I enjoyed when he said uh, Gruden is alive. And then he didn't know what to say about Belgium because we all think that guy's dead anyway. <laughs> Um, in the column, I, pre- I refer to that guy as a White Walker from Game of Thrones. I don't know. If, I don't really even know Belichick has a heartbeat um, as great as he is. But um, no, I think I think Trent Brown's going to be uh, really good, and he's on the right side. You know, Von Miller has said he's he went out of his way a couple times to say he's the best right tackle in football. So now he's back on that spot because uh, he was left tackle for Brady in New England. Now he moves back to the right, like Michael said, with Colton Miller on the left. I agree with Michael. I think if they stay healthy when Incognito gets back, this I mean we talked about Richie Incognito. No one's ever said Richie Incognito is not a great football player. He's like a four-time pro bowler. So if he can play to that level and these other guys play to the level and stay healthy, it's in a hell of a line. And and that's a good thing to have when you're probably going to feature a rookie running back, you know, and they can help him along uh, with how they um, how they block for him. And I, then Derek Carr, who got sacked a career-high 51 times last year and he was on his butt most, most weeks, has to be happy right now, given who's in front of him, comparative to what he saw last year with two rookie tackles. That's, that's hard to get through. I will say this really quick, because Michael and I talked about this, about Colton Miller. Michael had a great story in Monday's paper about him, where he was asked today about not being tough or nasty enough. All I'll say is this. If you play left tackle in the NFL and you play 16 games, most of which on a horribly injured uh, knee, which he did, you can't, don't, don't tell me he's not tough. Now, the nasty enough, the nastiness stuff gets into like kind of the illegal down on the ground stuff, where, which we don't see. That's the nasty part. But you, no one can say Colton Miller's not really tough. You don't play 16 games in the NFL with a bad knee and then not be tough. So I think uh, in year two, like Michael Story will say, I think he's uh, ready for big jump as well. Heidi, we have uh, we have actually given your credit card to the uh, to the woman here. Uh, she's going to be charging the credit card. You need to sign okay. the uh, to sure be, be generous here. Where are we? Friday?
Fritas? Fritas? Where are we? We're at Fritas. We're at Fritas. Close down. We are. Yeah. Yeah. As Michael said, the one thing I never thought I'd say is I closed down Fritas Mexican restaurant in Napa, California. (laughs) (laughs) And for the record, I think Bill Belichick resembles more of the emperor from Star Wars than anything else. That's always what I've thought of when I look at him. And maybe it's because of the hoodies and you think of the (laughs) the way the emperor always wore that cloak over. Okay. That's just going off topic. But to get back on topic, we mentioned a little bit earlier. James Butler, Chris Warren was waived. We have James Butler back. So Greg Olson had mentioned that uh, Chris Warren just did not meet the physical and the fitness expectations of the Raiders. Uh, what can you say about that and, and you know, just his condition? Did you happen to notice anything about Chris Warren that was off when he reported? You want me to say he's fat? Is that what you yeah, want? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think that's what Greg Olson He had a little too much Fritas on the way in. Well, <laughs> I'm sure Chris Warren, because I know he worked in the offseason, felt comfortable with the weight he was at, felt that he could be who we needed to be as a player at the weight that he was at, I would assume. But I also would assume that the Raiders coaches before the offseason began and even maybe during the spring told him where they wanted him to be when training camp started and he clearly wasn't there. And he looked a bit yeah, looked a little bit sloppy at practice, wasn't very crisp on Saturday and the, even though the move was made on Sunday, there's a uh, this this move was very we got to get this guy off of our football team uh, because clearly after one practice he's gone and, and by next morning James Butler has traveled to be here uh, this thing happened pretty quickly pretty early for that to happen so uh, I'm sure there was a pretty impassioned decision behind the scenes where the coaching staff just wanted to move on from Chris well, Warren and I like that move because it sends a message to everyone else perhaps not your superstars who are going to be on the team no matter what but you're trying if you're like a rookie or an undrafted you're trying to make this team and 24 hours later guys cut because he didn't show up in shape that's showing sending a message mm-hmm. you have one job and like you said he had a long time to get in shape as a running back it's almost unfathomable to me a guy like that shows up out of shape yeah I, I mean I don't know him and I have no idea what the reasons were I don't know it could be something going on in his life. It could be he's lazy, and it could be everything in between. But that just shocks me when guys don't show up to shape. Like, that's all you have to do. Hopefully he's ready for his next opportunity because when you're in the NFL, it's a very tight window, especially as a running back. And he led the NFL in preseason rushing. That's why there was a cult following surrounding Chris Warren going into yeah. this offseason. But it didn't even seem like last year that Gruden really loved him the way other people loved him. And if Gruden doesn't love you, that's you're, you're kind of missing the – the captain there, that's the one you want to impress. I think the running back position will be one of the more interesting ones that we watch to see who fills in to all the different roles there because you have, you know, Isaiah Crowell who was put on IR and there's going to be openings there for people to step up and separate themselves to get on that 53-man roster. So we will make sure to keep up with all of that as we continue the Vegas Nation podcast coming at you weekly now that the season is kind of underway for us. I mean, it's not officially underway, but you know, it's football time. It is going. We are going to be here. We are going to bring you weekly recaps following Hard Knocks. So you're going to make sure to keep up with all of this. Get that Vegas Nation app downloaded. Also find us on VegasNation.com and on ReviewJournal.com slash podcast. To all of San Diego. Oh, gosh. San Diego? Yeah. Is that what you say? In my head, I was in somewhere. I was, uh, my, I'm taking my daughter. Ed's having the Andretti I'm, Chardonnay. I'm taking my daughter to college. <laughs> I've had a few Chardonnays tonight, and I actually haven't. I really wanted the Andretti Chardonnay. Now I can't even say my line. I was going to say, gracias. <laughs> you shouldn't have. You really, you really shouldn't have. <laughs> gracias? <laughs> the unsubscribe button you can find at uh, <laughs> 
No. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave comments on the. Eduardo Grani. <laughs> there was a mix of Italian in there, and Gelkin speaks Italian. Yeah, I think we're oh. uh, we're good. We're just gonna let your <laughs> my gracias your, your take us out. Stand, yeah. Yeah. Well, if there's any way to take us out for Frida's, it's gracias. I don't, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to remain composed here, and I will tell you once again that we are brought to you by STN Sports Mobile from Stations Casino and Frida's Mexican <laughs> Restaurant in Napa. So uh, for Michael Gelkin, for Ed Graney, I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you for listening.